Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hello, and welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. My name is Topher Morrison. I'm the guest host. Dan is not here right now. He's getting ready for the Ultimate Entrepreneur Mastermind coming up in Warwick, June 22nd and 23rd. Tickets still available if you'd like to come. Uh, Meet with other entrepreneurs, brainstorm, mastermind, find out what's going on in your business and how can you pivot your company to produce even more results. Uh, Listen, uh, I've got a great guest on the show here today. We've actually been interviewing all of the contestants for The Ultimate Entrepreneur, which not only is a great mastermind program for you to attend, but we're highlighting I believe nine different entrepreneurs who have not only been able to survive COVID, but they have crushed it in spite of COVID. And so we're here to hear their stories, find out what they've done, pick up some great ideas from them and their business to see how they've not just survived, but really thrived throughout the pandemic. So um, today we have on the show, Sonia Gill. She's with Heads Up. Uh, They are a, a consulting firm that helps Schools get an outstanding rating, and she'll talk more a little bit about that. But you can only imagine how difficult her business would have been in the educational format when schools just shut down and everybody goes virtual. How do you run and maintain a consulting business with regard to the educational community? So I think we're going to be in store for some great stories here. We're going to find out how she likes to pitch her company. We're going to learn about what she specifically did during the pandemic to not just survive it, to crush it. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Miss Sonia Gill. Sonia, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. Great to have you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, absolutely. This is cool. Um, we've spoken a couple of times getting ready for the competition. Are you excited for the ultimate entrepreneur contest? I have that mix of excitement and nerves. I'm very honored to be a contestant. Yeah. Well, listen, you should be honored, but you should also be really proud as well because you wouldn't be one of the contestants if you hadn't been crushing it in your company for these past uh, 18 months or so. So I want to get into that. But before we dig into the details of what you've done during the pandemic, um, let's make sure that uh, uh, the people listening into the podcast or watching the show get to know a little bit about you. So somebody walks up to you at a party, they say, hey, what do you do for a living? What do you tell them? Um, so I run a training company called Heads Up, and we specialize in helping schools get the highest rating they can, that of outstanding. But we don't do this by playing the inspection game. We do this by helping head teachers create the kind of education we all dream of our children experiencing. Very cool. So this isn't necessarily about going into a school and looking at their uh, balance sheet or looking at their cash flows and making adjustments there. The adjustments you're making aren't um, fiscal. The adjustments you're making are in many ways, I guess, soul-centered or heart-centered or inspirational with regard to the teachers themselves. Yeah. So do you, do you talk about then, do you share with them ways to teach better or do you help them get back in touch with why they started teaching in the first place? Give me a little bit more meat on that bone. Yeah, so um, we, we work with head teachers and school leaders to create cultures of excellence. And that does mean actually taking education back from all the frameworks and all the guidance and so on. And, you know, not disregarding that, yeah. but actually creating the kind, of, the kind of education that you want. You know, it's not, it's not just about English and maths, is it? They're important and history and science, but it's, 
it's creating the kind of education where children learn how to be great people, to take sure. responsibility, to take ownership, all of those wider, softer skills, want a better phrase, but the skills that really can make a life shine. Yeah, I'm, frankly, I'd be perfectly happy if they did get rid of all of the um, math. Uh, <laughs> um, the, re the reality is, you know, I mean, school was invented hundreds of years ago to help people be better people not to help them be better at math or be able to spell words effectively. And yes, that is important, and I get that. But I think we've definitely lost touch as a society on why we are educating children in schools. I think we've focused too much on, like you said, the criteria then. They're not getting them in touch with that. So this is exciting. So we're, we're not really here to talk too much about that, but I want to make sure that everybody gets an idea of what it is that you do. Let's talk some numbers here. Let's talk about your business. How have you been doing? What were you, like, what were you doing pre-pandemic? Because... I can only imagine how hard it would have been to be a training and development company for schools during a pandemic when there is no school essentially going on. So let's back up before pandemic when life was all rosy and rainbows. What kind of revenue were you doing? How was the business? What was the structure like? Yeah, so we were doing about 250K a year. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, how many employees, um, by the way? Uh, so uh, we had at the time a total of four employees and a range of freelance support as nice. well. Um, and you're keeping it lean, so you got good profit margins. That's a, that's a good life. To a degree. But yeah. what's interesting is we got better as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. I can't wait to hear. Okay. So anyway, you're doing about 250K. Uh, you got about four employees. That's really good margins on that one. Um, and then the pandemic hits. Uh, did this hit like a train? Did it kind of come slow? What, what tell me a little bit about the experience that you were going through there? Yeah, we um, so obviously March last year for the UK, yeah. um, it, it, we went into lockdown, and we went from having the rest of the school year and most of the following autumn term. So we're talking, you know, from March to December, mm -hmm. every school day booked yeah. in schools, delivering training, supporting them move forward, and then that week, yeah, <laughs> that week in March, yeah. You know, the week before lockdown, everything got cancelled, postponed. Just the diary emptied out, yeah. and that was our income. Yeah, zero. So you've got you've got not only the stress of just your own personal life, right? That you you have a company to 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 give you the quality of life that you're looking for, but you also have the burden of four other full time employees plus independent contractors, which I would imagine you feel a certain level of responsibility for, and you're realizing that now they have no means of earning income because at this point in time, everything's been canceled. What did you do? Um, to be honest, Other than pain. cry, curl up in a little ball for a few minutes. That's perfectly appropriate, right? I, yeah. But once, yeah, the, like once that got over, what did you do? <laughs> Definitely the ball and crying several times. Um, and actually, you're absolutely right. My, my, my two biggest concerns actually were one, paying my team and how were they going to survive? Because mm -hmm. at that point, no government, government support had been unveiled. My other main concern was, if we don't live through this, we can't do the great work that we've been supporting head teachers mm. to do. Schools are six, uh, four times more likely to become yeah. outstanding if they work with us than if they don't. Yeah. And outstanding in the truest sense of the word. If sure. we didn't make it through this period, we would no longer be able to make that difference. Okay, I want to talk about that more. I want to go deeper on that one because, you know, the, the pandemic... Listen, man, anybody who says that it was easy, they're probably out of touch with reality. I mean, most businesses definitely took a hit uh, and then people had to pivot and then fix that out. Um, you know, unless you're in the mask producing business, 
most businesses took a little bit of a hit here. Um, a lot of people couldn't survive. They couldn't make it through. And some others just didn't even want to try, right? Because it's just not worth the effort. But yet, here you've got all the odds against you. You've got no clientele. You've got your employees. Yes, you want to take care of them. But you also, you said something that really kind of struck me. You said you wouldn't be able to do the good work that you do. Why do you do what you do? It's a big question. Um, I really believe that education can, can solve everything, you know, whatever it is. And things that touch all our lives, be it, you know, addiction in our families or, or dependencies, you know, toxic relationships, financial issues, mental health. Mm. Actually, if we can learn the skills as early as possible yes. to tackle these things, then actually education can fix all of these things. It can move us further forward, as it has already done many times mm. over. But it's not an overnight success. It needs a couple of decades to take hold. And let's face it, if we could resolve those, those issues, if no one was homeless, if people weren't suffering from poverty, if people weren't having health issues because they don't necessarily know all the ways they can look after themselves or what they specifically need. Yeah. You know, think about the impact that makes on, on the lives of everyone and then the collective lives that we that we share on our shoulders day to day. So, so I mean, that's what... Like that's what it's about, right? Is having that compelling why that gets you to realize, okay, I'm 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 destined for some long nights, <laughs> some sleepless evenings, some stress, but I'm willing to endure the struggle and the hardship and the frustrations because I know I'm playing a game that's bigger than just doing a training company. So I admire that. Let's talk about. Let's get into the specifics. So okay, so uh, all of the business dries up. You're a little bit freaked out. What do you do? Uh, probably, I'd imagine you get on the phone and talk to Dan, but what what, uh, what exactly did you do to survive this? Um, one of the great things about working with Dan is being part of the mastermind group. And actually, some of the ideas that I implemented came from that entire, you know, Dan, the group, and so mm -hmm. on. So like, like most business owners, we cut costs quickly mm -hmm. because we had to. We had to make the, the reserve we had, which wasn't huge and yeah. we didn't know how long we needed but we had to make it last yeah. but then with all our income gone and don't get me wrong I I thought many times about hiding behind the sofa for three months sure. and, and not stepping up but actually I couldn't because of the drive and because of the community I support yeah. so in terms of the pivot that, that I made sparked by ideas from the mastermind group mm -hmm. I looked to support head teachers navigate this time create a community group mm -hmm. for all the head teachers that I'd worked with for years and we'd worked with for years and to help them help them not just survive the pandemic but to help them come out stronger so we created mm -hmm. our emerge stronger through crisis group mm -hmm. and and this yes it generated income but it created this wonderful community that was always something I wanted to do pre-pandemic but yeah. I couldn't quite understand how to so and being you virtual, literally developed a whole new deliverable then Absolutely. And it's still going today. And you've probably got back. Let's let's talk numbers post pandemic now, even though we're clearly not post pandemic. But I think we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully knock on knock on some wood here. What uh, what kind of revenue are you doing now compared? You're doing about a quarter mil before the pandemic. Where are you at now? Same. Same. So so you 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 were doing a quarter million. You lost everything. You pivoted and then you got it back up to about a quarter mil at this point in time. Fantastic. How? What was the window? What was the dip? How long did that take? We managed to obviously shadow out the dip mm -hmm. during that first period. And then once we hit September, it increased. Um, but the place we've seen the real difference is our profits. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So the revenue stayed the same, but your profits, what happened? 150% up. You, your profits went up 150% from last year, but your revenue stayed the same. That is brilliant. That's impressive. That's To me, I think that's more impressive than the revenue number anyway. Now, revenue is a real good way to measure something real quickly, but like Dan talks about all the time, what does he say? He says, uh, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash flow is king. I think is that, is that yeah. the phrase? Yeah, yeah. Um, so your profit is up 150%. Your revenue is staying the same. Uh, employment, uh, staying the same. Did you end up hiring or did you, re- did you have to reduce your staff at all? What happened there? We have reduced our staff a little bit, uh-huh. and we still work with most of the freelancers to yeah. to a level. Yeah. Now projections for next year. So you've 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 created this whole new service as a result of the pandemic, which is brilliant. Um, but yet you also have a need for your original training that was certainly available. Um, what's the projections for next year? Do you have any projections for how you're going to be coming out at the end? Um. We do. So we actually remodeled the business in the time. We've been able to look at our impact. We've been able to look at how we can create a, a better business. Mm-hmm. And actually, we've created a model to double what we're doing mm-hmm. um, to take our revenue to half a million yeah. and to see profits kind of stay in line with that. If it's okay to share, what yeah. really excites me, and, and the thing that we always struggled with before was that we had so many great plans and ideas for things we wanted to do with our schools, but because of the level of profit, we never felt able to. Wow. So this 150%, as well as that hard break, yeah. the shock of it all, but then really bad to go, right, how, how do we serve our schools better? How do we do more good for them and support them and bring them together? Right. Plus all the change in technology and going online, it's really unlocked what we can do for our schools going forward. So it, it's kind of like, a wonderful combination of things have all happened at once. Not that I would have ever wished the pandemic and all sure. the pain it's caused, sure. but actually, I think we're going to be able to do so much more to serve our schools and our head teachers. Absolutely. Um, are you going to change your deliverable post pandemic? Are you going to go back to doing live trainings, or do you think you'll be doing a hybrid still? What? What? Uh, have you changed the perception on how you're going to deliver? Yeah, it, it'll be a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. I think there are definitely some things that work better online um, mm-hmm. than in person and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and, and we just sharpened up our business model to do better for our clients sure. as well as a business. Now, is your business geographically limited? Do you just work in the UK specifically? Or will, because of COVID and realizing you can now kind of get hybrid, does this expand your footprint in any shape? It definitely has the potential to, you know, one of my big lessons from this pandemic is, is saying, oh, we can't do this and we can't do that. And when the, when the pandemic happened, you suddenly found you really got to find a way to do these things. So, yes. yeah, it, it, we've definitely got potential there. At the moment, we're still focusing UK for the next year, but then we'll see. Fantastic. Wow. Uh, all right. So let's kind of back up a little bit here because I want to make sure that when people are watching the show or they're listening to the podcast, they also can walk away with some really cool gems. So... What are some things that you would recommend? Because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of training companies that have died on the vine because of COVID. There's some that are still hanging on by a thread. What would you say to the businesses that are out there that still haven't found their groove and they haven't figured it out and they're just kind of sitting back waiting for the pandemic to end, which I don't think is an effective strategy. What kind of strategies would you share with them that you think they could walk away with? Yeah, um, so we say one you can still serve your clients. You know, the reason I, I said a that, drinking problem. You can't see this, but I just literally just spilled the water all over my face. 
So <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I think the thing that I realised that was that even though we weren't going to be doing what we had be do had been doing, we still provide tremendous value to our community, and actually, it was it was part of. I felt it was part of our, our responsibility to still serve our community. Mm. And if that's your aim, then you'll figure out how you can help those people you have been serving previously. Mm. And that's where that pivot came from. Yeah, that's great. Um, by the way, when you did that pivot, were you thinking in the beginning, this is something we will charge for? Or were you thinking, this is just a way we can help them out during the pandemic? And then the thought came later about, wait, this is a saleable product. Do you know, it's interesting, actually, there's a, and there's a step by skip. So I kind of went through three steps. One was survive, cut the cost, make yep. what we've got last as long as possible. And then not knowing what else to do, you know, it's that great quote, lose yourself in the service of others. Mm. So I literally was sending out a daily email of support, of thoughts, of advice, of, of things that would help to my community. Yes. And I was getting a really good response from this. Uh-huh. And then after a period, I thought, well, actually, maybe we can do more. Actually, there's so much... You know, there's, there's, there's so much more we can do that's not going to fit into a short email. Yeah. And then that became the product. So, yeah, apologies. I skipped a, a little bit of a step there. That was a very oh, important step. In that's great. Okay. So now, uh, first off, uh, thank you for that contribution. Thank you for getting people to refocus and realize that there, there's a service greater than just making the money. But then you realize that there's, there's a revenue stream there as well. Um, who is your ideal client. I mean, it works. With, it, you, 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 it seems like you're an inch wide and a mile deep. Everybody that's going to be watching the show or listening to the podcast, the, the chances are that the majority of them aren't in school, but yet they all probably know people are. So get, let's let's see if we can drive, in, drive you in some revenue here. Who do you need to speak with at schools? Like if there's a parent listening right now and they're going, man, I love this, this, this person's energy. I think she'd be really cool. I want to learn more about that. What are what, like? Who, what would you tell somebody like this is who we need to speak with at your school? So I would say a head teacher, mm-hmm. typically of a two form entry primary school, um, who, whose school just seems to be stuck at good, and they want it to be so much more. Mm-hmm. Schools are always working hard, but mm-hmm. there is a sticking point between good and great. And if there's that desire there, yeah. We can do so much with that, and we can we can unlock the next stage for them. How much of your business comes through parents that are just fed up and they want their kids to get better education? Do you get a lot of that, or do you find that it's really just the the heads of the school going, "Listen, we got to get our ratings up. Here's a service that we could use." And um, I'd say it's actually it's more head teachers, and and they're not driven by getting the Ofsted rating interesting. Interestingly, what they're driven by is I want to do the very best I can, mm. and I'm tired of, of playing this game or, or being in this cycle with the offset ratings. How do we do this, but it not be all about that? How do I get to deliver education I've always wanted to deliver wow. in school? So, if people want to learn more about you, they can go to ukheadsup.com. Uh, we'll also put your phone number up on the screen so they can give you a call if that's not too much trouble as well. Um, I, I really want to thank you so much, Sonia, for contributing your value to not just this podcast. That's just one small bit. I want to thank you for sticking with it because I think that there's going to be a lot of students in the UK who are going to be benefiting by your determination and by your stick to Um, I'm very impressed at you. Um, you're going to be competing in the Ultimate Entrepreneur coming up to win 10,000 pounds, which is pretty cool. You've got some tough competition, uh, but I think you've got uh, a great chance. You've got a great story. Your profits are incredible. Um, for those of you who are watching the show, if you'd like to chump, come out to the uh, 
Ultimate Entrepreneur Mastermind. It's going to be June 22nd and 23rd in Warwick. Um, the information is on the screen below. You can just go to the website, register there. If you are COVID conscious and you want to stay safe and not be there physically, we can also accommodate you through hybrid and you can zoom in to the program as well. We're going to have our, our, our contestants there live, but we're going to have some of them coming in, coming in virtually as well. Um, are, you, are you going to be there in person or are you going to be virtual? I'll be there in person. You'll be there in person. All right, wonderful. Well, I look forward to meeting you there. I'll be there as well, provided I provided I survive my quarantine and I get my successful negative COVID test. I'll see you. Otherwise, maybe I'll be chiming in from the hotel. I don't know. But Sonia, great to meet you. Uh, great to, to have you be a part of this. And thank you for the great work that you do for the students in the UK. I appreciate you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.